0: football, it's time to talk Don's. North Sound
1: 1 Red Friday Good evening, welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1. The Don's are back to Patadri tomorrow to host Motherwell and we'll be looking to bounce back after last week's disappointing 4-1 defeat in Dingwall. Fullback Greg Lee knows that getting the points is the important thing.
2: Well I think that uh, one thing that we want to focus on is obviously you know, goals in games and keeping clean sheets. The last uh, performance was quite uncharacteristic, you know. Conceding so many goals isn't something that we've done, you know. Even I think the last time was Rangers, and you know, even that game was a little bit dubious with regards to the goals. So I think that going forward, we want to look to go. Okay, well, we are now keeping more of a tight hold in the back, you know. Try and keep as many clean sheets as we can, or at least the goals down. You know, going forward, you want to win games. You need to score goals, and you need to stop them going in. So I don't want to say back to basics, but I think it's important that we now. Uh, yeah stamp our authority and say okay we we now want to go into games to be the favorites and, and show what we can do north zone one red friday
1: yes this is red friday i'm mike i'm joined in the studio by andrew shiny and dave mcdermid tough week defeat last week a banner at Patodry stadium talk is back andrew but at least it's not as bad as celtics week
0: Possibly not Uh, But it hasn't been the week that Aberdeen wanted Certainly last Saturday wasn't what was wanted Uh, Right from the off Unfortunately we were second best If not third best at everything And uh, It was a very uncharacteristic performance From Aberdeen I mean they were just so slipshod In defence Uh, lacking in any sort of drive from the middle of the park and up front powder puff to be perfectly honest Uh, every team is capable of having that but it's a sign of how good, bad or indifferent a team is, is how they come back from that and Aberdeen have shown in the past uh, a resilience, a bounce back ability but they've got to show it tomorrow against a Motherwell side who despite the record of not having won since the 31st of October, are always extremely difficult opponents.
1: We talk about the new manager bounce, it did seem a bit like that last week. John Hughes, obviously very organised, had them playing pretty well and it if, right from the off the Dons were up against it.
3: They were indeed and uh, I think the, the goal inside the first 60 seconds spooked Aberdeen's defence as Andrew said, it was very uncharacteristic the way that they played and uh, throughout the team there was it was just very uncharacteristic, and uh, as the manager said, even at two, if they lost two one, they'd have been kicking themselves because when we got the goal right on half time, you thought, "Well, here we are, we're right back into this." We started off the second half well, but uh, just couldn't get the, the the breakthrough, and the two late goals were like Keystone Cops, unfortunately. So, uh, nope, uh, it's one we've got to win tomorrow after after that last week because the players let everybody down and they're well aware of that.
1: Yeah, it is a massive game for the Duns tomorrow and one of the problems that Aberdeen are facing right now is the ever-growing injury list. Let's get to Derek McInnes' latest on that.
2: Well, I mean, McCrory misses the next couple of weeks but uh, I think in terms of what it could have been and what we were fearing it's, it's actually good news. You know, he's actually punctured the muscle in and around the ankle which we, we thought first of all was his, the bone and then we thought it was ligament. So it's actually good news, even though he's out for the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, Johnny is off crutches from Tuesday, Wednesday there, and is improving. The swelling came out of the ankle, and Johnny said a wee bit of history with that ankle, so it um, was obviously a concern, but is improving. Uh, Ash did a bit of work today with the physio, should train tomorrow fully. All being well, he'll be in the squad, which is again on the back of um, last week and how we, we felt. As is, is a bonus, Greg Lee's back training. Dylan McGeer's integrated into training this week and will be back in full week uh, working week next week with a view upcoming games, but not this one. And Conor McLennan, we've, um, on the back of seeing the specialist for an ongoing foot problem, is is available for Saturday. Um, but we have to monitor that one because you know, the last thing we're we'll trying to do is get him to go into a boot or get surgery. And... Um, but thankfully we've managed his week this week that he's available for the game. You know,
1: Andrew, when it takes a minute and 10 seconds to go through the names of the players that are injured, that
0: there's one or two injuries, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, What's going on? Uh, um, A very good question. I mean, there have been uh, questions raised about um, whether it's the the, uh, hybrid pitch that they train on at Cormac Park that has caused problems, but I can't believe that to be wholly the case because they would have done a lot of research into pitches and the types of pitches that um, that cause injuries. And they would never have built a hybrid pitch out there if they thought that it was going to cause problems uh, for the guys training on it. I think it, it's it's just one of those years where, you know, lady luck is not shining on you. And uh, it is unfortunate that there's so many key players have suffered injuries this season. I think Joe Lewis is the only player who has played every game so far this term. Now normally you'd see probably maybe three or four at this stage in the season um, still being ever present, but... uh, Everyone has had something uh, to cause them to miss games, whether it's been COVID, uh, whether it's been suspensions. Uh, but unfortunately, too often it's been the case, it's been injuries. And that has a, an effect on on the team's performance, because if you don't have consistency of selection, you're not going to have consistency of performance. And that has been one of the, the biggest problems, not just for Aberdeen, but for for. Virtually everyone, bar Rangers, this season. Uh, you look at recent results, and there's so many, you know, games that that produce results that you just cannot predict. That you just don't know what's what's round the corner, but. Greg Lee said something about he didn't feel it needs to be back to basics. I think it really has to be, and I'm sure that is what will be getting drilled into the players uh, ahead of tomorrow's game. You've got to do the simple things properly, and unfortunately that was what wasn't happening last week. Uh, There were... It wasn't a case of everybody's trying World Cup passes that aren't coming off, but simple, straightforward things uh, like clearing your box, uh, like finding a man with a pass when he's only 10 yards away, that didn't seem to be happening. And and as Dave said, the the early goal after only 38 seconds seemed to spook uh, the team. And when you look at the second goal, the second goal... I think, was possibly the worst one that I've seen Aberdeen concede in a long time because, first of all, Harry Payton was given acres of space out in the right to lift his head, spot that Charlie Larkin had run off his man, who I think was Johnny Hayes, had the freedom of the penalty box, and it wasn't even the cleanest of strikes, but it beat Joe Lewis, and you just thought, what's going on here? You know, this is an Aberdeen side that has had 12 clean sheets in 27 games, I think, this season, and... That's the type of defending that you expect from a side that's conceding two and three every week, like Ross County were. And to be fair to John Hughes, he's he's chopped and changed his back four, and you could see that in the early part of the game where you felt there was a nervousness about the Ross County defence. But the longer the game went on the more you just thought, you know, this is a unit that is welding well together. And Ross Laidlaw, who we have sometimes pinpointed as being a weak link in the Ross County side, was excellent. And I think because of the 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 fact that he had a, a back four in front of him that looked like a cohesive unit, it lifted his game and he made vital saves at vital times.
1: Yeah, and you have to say, hard work is now what has to happen for the Dons because it isn't always about playing the best football. Sometimes it's just about getting a win. Tomorrow that is, I think, going to be key. But you're missing two players who know exactly what hard work... Well, you're missing a few, but two in particular, Ross McCrory and, and Johnny Hayes, I think particularly important when it comes to hard work.
3: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be... Oh, totally shocked if Johnny did make a miraculous recovery, we've seen that in the past but and on the brighter side with Greg Lee back and also Ryan Hedges back from suspension is, is a boost but yeah it's all about the result tomorrow performance, it does, we don't, doesn't need to be pretty,
1: it yeah. doesn't need to be great football as long as we get the three points well, Let's get the thoughts of our fan reporter Graham Watt on tomorrow's match.
4: Yeah Mike, big game for Aberdeen tomorrow, hopefully we can put the disappointment of last week behind us and get the three points this week. Motherwell won't make it easy. They'll sit in and they'll try and hit Aberdeen on the break. Aberdeen need to find a way. It's as simple as that. They've just got to find the net. It's it's a big game. Aberdeen fans will expect a win. Um, I know a lot of them were disappointed with last week. We all were. That's football. It happens. That's, that's the life of being a football player and being a fan. Um, you, know, you know yourself, Mike. It's all about who turns up on the day and whenever turned up last week. Ross County did and they deserved
1: their win I'm confident Aberdeen will win tomorrow I'm going to say 2-0 Aberdeen tomorrow I mean 2-0 Graham's going for Andrew there's no getting away from it this has been a week where Derek McInnes will have seen and felt the pressure that he uh, is under from certain sections of of the fans more so than I think I've seen in a while collectively certainly on social media Uh, we are going to hear from a few different people including Derek McInnes on that pressure it's not something he's
0: not used to of course but it has been a difficult week. Yeah, it's been difficult. I mean, uh, I think um, somebody said, you know, because fans can't go to games now and can't vent their spleen at the players at a match by booing them off at halftime, at full time, uh, etc. They're now turning to social media to, to vent their anger. And... It was understandable. I mean, that performance up at Ross County last week was unacceptable. And anybody that thinks that the players won't have been hurting after that doesn't know them. I mean, they do care about it, make no mistake about it. But it's all very well caring about it. You've then got to go out onto the park and show how much you care. And that's why tomorrow is is going to be such an important day for the football club. Uh, I wish I could share Graham's optimism that Aberdeen will win 2-0 because that would suggest a fairly comfortable afternoon's work uh, I think it will be a bit tighter than that I think you're going to see two sides who are going to be pretty cagey because if you recall last time Motherwell came to Petaudry, they won 3-0 by scoring 3 in the opening 20 minutes of the game and and could you know just coast through the, the rest of it uh, knowing that the, the points were in the bag they haven't won a game since the 31st of October now New manager bounce or not, and a draw against Rangers last week or not, that is still lurking at the back of players' minds. We haven't won a game since the 31st of October. Aberdeen are going into this one on the back of having lost their last two and having lost three of the last five home league meetings with Motherwell. I think it's going to be a very cagey affair and it wouldn't be surprised if there was only one goal in the game. I'm, I'm going for 2-1, a narrow win for Aberdeen, but it's going to be a nervy afternoon and certainly I would imagine good football will be at a premium.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get your thoughts in just a moment, Dave, and obviously we'll get your prediction a little later when we do beat the pundit, and uh, that's coming up a bit later in the show. Before that, though, let's hear from some people now on the pressure that Derek McInnes has been under this week from the fans, particularly on social media. First of all, let's hear from former Don Fraser-Fivey. He gave us his thoughts on the fans' uh, concerns.
5: I understand people's frustrations, maybe, but he wins football matches for the club, so it's a bit of give or take and he knows the league well. I think, obviously, we're sitting looking at the league table just now Aberdeen are in a great position to go and get third spot take over from Hibs, they've got two games in hand on Hibs and they could actually go five points clear. And
1: Ross County they've seen a resurgence of late under new boss John Hughes and he had this to say
2: Watch for what you wish for because Derek's uh, has been very very good if you look at the consistency of league position, every year semi-finals Semi finals, cup finals. Sometimes I just think you have to just put the range on it and go, we'll just, whoa, whoa, whoa. And let's be more realistic because we're talking about Celtic and
5: Rangers. Can you split the old forum? Can you do it? When was the last time it was done? Well,
1: let's get our fan reporter Graham's perspective on it. Through the week, there's been a lot of pressure put on Derek. You know, people
4: calling for him to go. You know, they think he's taking us as far as he can take Aberdeen. Um, what I would say to them is, how much further can he take Aberdeen? I know he's, he's kind of taken us to the top of where you would expect Aberdeen to be, so it's I don't really get that point of him being honest. Um, I think Derek's done an incredible job, for, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he's put a foot wrong. Yes, um, there's been some disappointing results over the years. Yes, we've lost finals and semi-finals to Celtic, um, but let's be honest. You know, we would love another trophy. He would have won more trophies, but if we had it run into probably one of the best Celtic teams um, in the last 15 years that Brendan Rodgers assembled. But you know, we've got to take the good with the bad, Mike. Um, Results like last week will happen. Um, Derek knows how big a job he's got at Aberdeen. Um, I really do feel that he has a lot of love for this club and he only wants good things for Aberdeen Football Club. Um, And me personally, I'll stand behind Derek 100% as a fan. And I don't really understand why Um, some fans are calling for him to go because I can't see What's watch what he's done that's so
1: terrible yeah Graham very much firmly behind Derek McInnes and you can see from what Graham's saying there the sort of the sense in what he's saying but you can also from an Aberdeen fans perspective what a lot of Aberdeen fans are saying is kind of similar to what Graham's saying he's taken them as far as, as he can go as, as manager now Graham's saying that from the point of view of that's where Aberdeen should be uh, and should be aiming for third place in cup semi-finals dons fans on social media are saying well no actually that's that's the minimum we want more
3: yeah and you can understand that and and right now you've got celtic side that doesn't have its problems to seek and is eminently catchable with a, a good run of results but uh, you know i think last saturday we were, you know ross county before the game were at the foot of the league, we were expecting we've got a great record up there, and it just went so horribly, horribly wrong that you can understand why fans reacting the way they did. But uh, personally, obviously, uh, I would uh, like to see Derek staying there and winning another trophy uh, for for Aberdeen, which I firmly believe if he's allowed to which i'm sure he will be because i'm i'm sure the board are 100% behind him but uh, uh, i'm sure we would achieve that if if he's there but uh, no you can you get both sides and Derek's well used to the, the criticism you know we've seen it from time to time throughout the tenure it's usually you know it does take a, a bad result such as the one last saturday and it's to be expected
1: Andrew, we obviously saw the banner uh, that was over social media, the banner outside Petodri or pinned to the, the door at Pataudry there. And um, it's also, do you think, perhaps with the ambition that Dave Cormack and uh, the board have shown in certain areas, do you think there's more expectation over the last year or so from the fans as to what they expect from Aberdeen and, and where they're going? And, and can you see the point of view of the fans uh, or many fans on social media, that perhaps things might need to change one way or another?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's easy to look at it and and say that things have got a bit stale. But bear in mind the difficulty that Derek McInnes has worked under over the past eight years. He's virtually had to reinvent a new team every season. Think of some of the players that uh, he's lost down the years uh, who are extremely difficult to replace. And... Not every time are you going to be able to replace like with like and be able to achieve the same results uh look at tomorrow's opponents, motherwell third in the table last year, second bottom of the table this year, and they haven't changed all that much and uh, it's It's an extremely difficult one because other than the top two sides in the in the country um being able to hold on to your best players. Is becoming a a harder and harder job every year. Yes, I I agree that we should be looking to to do better than we have been doing, but it's not all doom and gloom. You're looking at a a team that if they win tomorrow, are going to be third in the table. Uh, It's not as though we're battling to get away from the bottom end of the table, but expectations of some fans, I think have been far too high. Uh, There's almost a sense of entitlement from some, and you know, you've got to weigh up the fact that when you go into a game of football, there's an opponent there who's going to be working probably just as hard as you are uh, to prevent you from winning a game. Sometimes they'll get the better of you. Sometimes things won't go right for them. It's the same for Aberdeen. And, you know, there's there's no no perfect solution to this. It's down to getting, as I mentioned earlier, back to basics. Grinding out results. It's not going to be pretty, but unfortunately, the professional game is a results driven business. And, you know, performance comes second to the gaining of results.
1: Yeah, and a result tomorrow would go a long way to improving things in terms of how the fans feel about the season. And as you say, Uh, Third place is up for grabs at the moment. And uh, Celtic, well, we know, Dave, just briefly on them, that we've we've seen it over the last uh, last four matches. They're still to win a game. Uh, They've picked up uh, three points from 12 this year. And uh, you look at that and you think from a Don's perspective, it is a real shame that Aberdeen haven't picked up more points in the last few weeks because the pressure would really be on. But still, you're looking at that. Seven points between Aberdeen and Celtic in second. Is that still realistic to be looking at that and, and thinking, let's go for it?
3: It depends. Celtic can get out of the the bad run that they're on and there's no real signs that they they will particularly as Livingston managed to snatch a a draw continue to to concede goals from set pieces seems to be their problem the goals they lost in in midweek were dreadful and Livingston of course had rested a heap of players ahead of the the Betfred Cup semi-final this weekend and Scott Brown not exactly playing a captain's part and helping his manager, who is under pressure,
1: by getting
3: himself sent off just after coming on.
5: Yeah, uh,
1: We're going to be talking as well about the chat today. There's been a lot of it about the stadium and all that plus our Beat the Pundit and build-up to tomorrow's match still to come next. to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. And the stadium is back on the agenda today with City Council co-leader Douglas Lumsden opening the door for discussions with the Dons. We'll hear more from him and about that in just a minute, but let's get the latest on the situation from our sports editor, Dave Galloway.
5: Yeah, it's been, Mike, a really surprising turn of events today, hasn't it? You know, the intriguing, very, very intriguing prospect... For many, many Don's fans, could they after all see their club stay close to the beach? You touched on the, the council um, comments there. What, what we know is that initial talks have taken place between council and club chiefs about this possibility. But, you know, everything is at a very early stage. Just to strike a, a note of caution. Now, would the council contribute towards any possible new stadium? by the beach that's one of the big questions I actually spoke to Steve Wilson from Don Supporters Together he told me that's what the council must do you know because as he said they coughed up a reported £300 million uh, towards Teca now I did also have a chat with uh, City Council um, uh, co-leader Douglas Lumson now, he told me um, when I asked him about this he kind of gave me a an open answer if you like it wasn't a yes it wasn't a no um he didn't rule out possible funding towards any new stadium but he did say that the council owned the land beside the beach that we're talking about just now and to quote him maybe something could be done there so if you're reading into that does that mean that you know the council may be prepared to kind of smooth the waters a wee bit
1: well let's hear exactly what Doug Bliss lumsden did say earlier on we'd really like to Redeveloped down at the beach area. We've got plans for the city centre uh, as
4: well. And um, you know, I think it'd be great for the city if the football club were able to remain within the the city centre. You know, in terms of the, the land
1: ownership down at the, that beach area, it does belong to the council. So there may be able to, and um, we may be able to do something uh, uh, around that. And finally, here's Steve Wilson from Don's Supporters Together. He reckons there are benefits to the idea of staying in the city. You'll
0: have some fans wanting to. To stay in the city centre, businesses will want us to stay in the city centre and you'll have the fans wanting to go to Kingsford, a brand new complex out there. We've got the training facilities. So all these things have got to be taken into consideration and the fans might, obviously, as you're aware, like to maybe go for a drink before a game. There's more scope for that there, whereas Kingsford, there was less scope But there's nothing to say that that couldn't have changed. They are that desperate. They are wanting this part of their city centre project. The only way is to help the club and convince the club that this is the best way forward. £300 I think it was, for the Teca. They coughed up.
1: North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, very interesting some of the comments we've heard today, Dave. None less so than from Douglas Lumsden.
3: Yeah, and I, th- I think, uh, as Steve alluded to there, it will come down to um, to money. Yeah, And uh, if the council are willing to help fund, then I'm sure uh, the board at Aberdeen would be at least willing to discuss it because uh, the... The um, the funding for required for the stadium has obviously become a whole lot more difficult mm. to acquire because of what's been happening in the, the past year, and there's no doubt that it was going to be a challenge before. It's an even bigger challenge now. The advantages of having everything under the one one roof and, and the one complex have already been stated, but again, you know there are a lot of fans that would say. We'd love to see the Aberdeen to remain in the city centre, and of course, the, they're talking about the area down where the DoubleTree, which is now closed. Yeah. So you know, the, it it wasn't an option before, but it now could be if everything falls into place. But to be honest, nothing is going to happen until we have some sort of idea about the future of football in this country. I.e., when are the fans getting back? When can clubs start earning revenue
1: again? Kind of curious timing for me this whole conversation, Andrew, because as Dave said, there we are in unprecedented times. To quote a saying that's said time and time again, but it is true. You know, we are in uncharted territories. We don't know where we're going. Uh, so for Douglas Lumson to come out and say this today is is certainly interesting. I can understand why some Don's fans might be particularly keen to hear more because. There's the prospect there of of doing something that might be financially helpful to the club and for a lot of Don's fans, Aberdeen's home is in the city.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can totally understand where uh, fans are coming from. They'd love to see Aberdeen stay, if not at or as close as possible to uh, the stadium. But uh, you're right, it's a, a strange time to be coming up with this notion. Dave's absolutely right. I mean, when the the talk of moving from petardy first came up what must be 20 plus years ago um you know that site currently occupied by the double tree just wasn't available there are problems though if you were to move a stadium in there uh car parking facilities um access in and out so that the the roads roundabout don't get totally clogged up there's a, there's an awful lot of work would have to be done to to persuade people that this is the right way to go forward. And you're right, Dave. You know, until such time as there's a clearer pathway out of this pandemic, I think it's, it, it's all just talk at the moment. Um, I think in the normal course of events, had COVID not struck at all, there may well have been, you know, a stadium going up out at Kingsford already, but you know there's an awful lot of work was done to persuade people that that was the right move. An awful lot of money was spent on feasibility studies, legal costs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for inquiries left, right, and centre as to whether Aberdeen could move their whole campus basically out to Kingsford. The club are not going to be too happy at, at just seeing that that finance just washed off washed down the drain basically you're right I think the the council would have to come up with some sort of package that is acceptable and you know positive to the football club moving forward if a stadium is to be built on this site
1: it would be to me, it seems that you don't make a comment like that unless you've discussed it at some level with other people w- within uh, the council. It seems like something you don't see on a whim. So for me, it feels like there there have been talks about this being something that he would say. Um, but it is, it, as you said already, it is all down to finances. And maybe the finances and the and the way they can do a deal is enough to persuade Aberdeen to persuade the board that changing the original plans is a good idea, and also then you've got to persuade the fans that this is a good idea.
3: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of um, unanswered questions in, in there, and uh, you know, it could be part of the city centre plan. Um, there are lots of benefits, but it will boil down to finances because Kingsford boils down to finances and the, the, the challenges, the huge challenges of raising the money required, and that will still be the case. But if we have a a benevolent council that are going to help get over these financial challenges, then obviously it's certainly worth discussing.
1: Yeah, I can't actually believe we're talking about the finances of the council uh, during the pandemic in January uh, with everything going on. Just for me, it's just, it's such a bizarre timing. I I know I've mentioned that, but I just, I'm trying to get my head around this conversation happening right now. Um, But sometimes, Andrew, when things are difficult, It's often the best time to start these ideas.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the cynic in me is saying, here's the council looking at it and thinking, God, we've got this bit of ground now. That hotel's not going to open up again. What are we going to do with it? Mm. Ah, the football club's not very far away. Let's go and see if if they would be interested in coming here now. Um, But it's just... It comes from, totally from left field as far as I'm concerned. And there are so many unanswered questions that, that need to be addressed before any sort of plan can be put into action. And it may well be that this is just another idea that's been floated. I mean, we've heard of stories of, um, you know, a tunnel between Alton's and Bridget D. Uh, To alleviate traffic problems, there's been word of, um, you know, what you call a funicular railway type idea uh, coming from the new uh, liner port over at Cove Bay to bring people into the middle of town. Is it just somebody's thought, we need to do something with that piece of ground if there's not going to be a hotel on it? Oh, we'll build a football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That's the
1: answer. We don't know. And I guess uh, we're probably not going to know very much for a while because as you say, uh, as you've both just said, we are in the middle of a very difficult and different situation right now. So time will tell. I'm sure this will rumble on for a good while. It certainly has already for a long time. Uh, in just a moment, Dave, we're going to be uh, turning our attention to the other games that are happening. I just want to touch on, before we go to a break, on the, um, the, the League Cup semi-final because I'm looking at that and I'm looking at the, the the two games that are happening and I just think, what a missed opportunity.
3: Oh, totally. And the uh, four teams, each of these four teams' fans will be thinking, this is our year and it's very difficult to... Because you can argue a case for all four, to yeah. be perfectly honest. Um, and uh, yeah, missed opportunity, totally. But uh, it's, it's in the past now, as far as Aberdeen are concerned. And uh, I'm actually quite looking forward to watching both games because they, yeah. I think they'll be quite entertaining. And uh, to be perfectly honest, it's it's good having a last four without
1: the ugly sisters there. The Livingston uh, situation, obviously, they just clinched their uh, 10 in a row midweek, Andrew. I don't know if you not- noticed that, that tweet uh, <laughs> yes. during the week, but uh, 10 games without defeat. So, uh, so they're on a good run right now. Uh, Martindale, David Martindale's got them playing... Really well, uh, they put out a string of uh, reserve players. Seven, uh, seven of the first team not playing on on uh, Wednesday night against Celtic, and
0: they looked comfortable. I think it's maybe doing them down, describing them as reserve players, squad players, squad maybe, players, because that that I think is the strength of Livingston. Uh, they don't really have, you know, three or four star men that their their team can do. with yeah. Has no, he just you know,
1: made things difficult for himself for the semi-final though? Because he, now, yeah, he, possi- got,
0: he possibly has because um, these guys that uh, did so well against Celtic in those horrendous weather conditions um, you know, a yellow ball and a, a plastic pitch that's covered in snow and you can barely see the lines um, th- that was one of those images of Scottish football that will be ingrained in memories for a long time but uh, yeah, they, they've, they've done remarkably well and they uh, David Martintale does have a selection problem now because it was almost the case that when you saw that he'd made seven changes to his starting lineup that he was thinking, well, Celtic are going to bounce back. They've got all their big names back, although odson Edward wasn't there. Could it be that he's the other COVID um, absentee? Um, but, you know, Livingston have got this team spirit, this togetherness about them, that they're going into every game expecting to win it and they felt that they should have won the the league game at celtic park last weekend and they you know they could very well have won that one in midweek so they are in they're in good form saint Myrne, they've shaded a little bit but jim goodwin is now saying league form doesn't count for anything in cup competitions which you would expect when your league form isn't great uh, but he's he's right because when you get to a semi final um the form book often just goes right out the window and it's it's the team that approaches the game in the more positive fashion that doesn't have any negative thoughts of, oh God, who remembers beating semi-finalists? Yeah. Um, it's it's the team that that produces the goods on the day that, that will enjoy it. So Dave's absolutely right. You can barely pick a winner between any of the four sides, but they'll all go into the, the games fancying that their name is on the League Cup this season. Yeah, and we'll get some predictions for those and the other games
1: that are happening across Scotland, plus one in England that we're going to focus on. Beat the Pundit is on the way in just a minute. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dance. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, this is North Sound 1 and we are going to turn our attention to Beat the Pundit. Andrew, how did Dave get on
0: last week? Well, after that stern talking to that we gave to him because of his poor recent form, he bounced back to win 4-1, helped by getting the Hibs Kilmarnock score right at 2-0. So it's now 8.5, 11.5 in the favour of the Red Army.
1: OK, so still work to do then. This week it's
0: Don's fan
1: Catherine and here is Catherine with our fan reporter, Graham Watts.
4: Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is Don's fan Catherine. Catherine first up, Saturday's games, Rangers versus Ross County. Your score predictions for this one?
0: I realise some people may disagree, but I'm
1: going to go with 2-1 Ross County.
4: Aberdeen versus Motherwell. Score predictions for this one?
1: Hopefully Aberdeen can bounce back with a 2-1 win.
4: Also on Saturday, it's League Cup semi-final day. First up, St Johnston versus Hibs, Catherine. Score predictions for that one.
1: I'm going to go for 2-0 Hibs.
4: We have the Scottish Championship match between Hearts and Wraith Rovers. Your score predictions for this one?
1: I'll go for 2-0 Hearts.
4: And on Sunday, we have the second League Cup semi-final, Livingston versus St Marin. Score predictions for this one?
1: I don't think this one will be as close, so I'm going to go 3-1 Livingston.
4: And on Sunday, FA Cup fourth round tie, Man United versus Liverpool. What do you think the score will be here?
0: I think that'll be 2 1 Man United.
1: Yeah, interesting weekend of fixtures. Dave, no Celtic game, of course. I'm mm-hmm. going to start with the Scottish Premiership, though, and Rangers, Ross County. Uh, I'm going for 3 0 Rangers. And then, of course, the, the big one, the one we'll be focusing on right here, North Sound 1 on Red Saturday from 2. It's the Dons against Motherwell.
3: Yeah, I think we, as Andrew alluded to earlier, it's going to be very tight. I don't think it'll be great to watch, but uh, I'm going for 1 0. To the hope side.
1: League Cup semi final. The first one takes place on Saturday and it's St Johnston against Hibbs. I think Hibbs will get through, but after extra time. So at 90 minutes, I'm going for a 1 1. In the Championship, uh, Hearts, they at home to Wraith. 3-1 Hearts. And then the second League Cup semi-finals. Livingston going well against St Mirren, who have, uh, well, as Andrew said, dipped slightly recently, but in fairly good form.
3: Yeah, they are, and of course they knocked us out. Need, we, need reminding. And uh, I think Liverpool will win, but again, I think it'll be after extra time, so I'm going for 1-1 at 90 minutes.
1: FA Cup fourth round, it's, uh, it's Man United against Liverpool. Now, I went nil-nil with my prediction because I always worry, but the problem is you don't know who's going to be playing. Indeed it could be youth teams under
3: 23s whatever uh, Liverpool can't seem to buy a goal just now so I'm
1: going for Liverpool nil as well but I'm going for 2-0 Man United uh, Andrew interesting in the League Cup semi-finals because after the Aberdeen game and then after the Rangers-St Mirren game in the League Cup everybody including us were saying well if you beat Rangers and you beat Aberdeen then you really need to go on and win the cup the problem is Livingston are in such good form that
0: they they probably got the hardest tie yeah they probably have indeed Um, uh, we we said you know Eamon Brophy was going to be the man that would score the goals that would fire um, St Mirren to the League Cup and to uh, a much higher league position that hasn't transpired as yet but um, as we, we said earlier you know the form book goes out the window when it comes to League Cups or any semi-finals and you just hope that this weekend um, both games see the teams involved taking the handbrake off and just having a right go at each other and show the world that Scottish football isn't all about Celtic and Rangers, that there are other good sides who, who can play good, attractive, entertaining football and I've I've predicted that uh, Hibs will edge out St Johnston, but it could easily go all the way to extra time and penalties. And I just fancy Livingston to keep this great run of theirs going uh, against St Mirren. But you can make every bit as strong a case for the opposite results. I have to say, Catherine must be taking pity on Dave Going to one Ross County at Ibrox. <laughs> yeah, you've got to say, I mean, it's probably ambitious given the way the season's gone. Uh, how do you see that one going, Andrew? Um, I've gone 4-0 Rangers. I mean, I, I would love to see John Hughes go down to Ibrox and you know replicate what Stuart Kettlewell did in the League Cup uh, at Celtic Park. But the form book just does not suggest that. And Rangers, having dropped a couple of points uh, at Motherwell last week, will want to get another three points on the board, particularly when they know that Celtic aren't involved this weekend, just to take that advantage at the top to 23 points. And... I think it's going to be a, a long, hard afternoon for Ross Laidlaw and the defence in front of him. But they showed against Aberdeen when they were put under pressure that they can withstand that sort of uh, adverse football in front of them. But I just think that Rangers have too much firepower.
1: Similar in play on Sunday, Dave, and Jim Goodwin has come out this evening to say that COVID complaints in public are not healthy and that Scottish managers risk shooting themselves in the foot by publicly criticising COVID protocols at other clubs. Um, And he is referring, of course, we've heard this week from Neil Lennon claiming that rules are interpreted differently at different grounds. Uh, Derek McInnes said he had concerns at a couple of grounds. Uh, Jim Goodwin said we need to be Careful. Uh, we don't need to go publicly shaming anybody. The difficulty is, of course, we are in a pandemic, so I ca- you can kind of see why people have concerns if they're legitimate concerns. But is it more a case of is he suggesting you should be going through official channels rather than publicly talking about it? Or, or not a hundred percent sure. But I mean, the difference was,
3: of course, that Neil Lennon named the, the clubs, Derek yeah. didn't, and uh, um, no, it is a pandemic, and uh, you know, if, if managers are concerned, then. Whatever way they do, they're only it's only right that they voice these
1: concerns. Yeah, Andrew, it is. We know how difficult it is right now, and the the threat is always there from Scottish football's point of view that the league could be. Uh postponed, or we've seen it with the other leagues where we're on hold now for the next week or two as well and possibly longer, but um, you do have to say that um, well, there's some things more important than football sometimes
0: Yeah, um, life is far more important than football and the the greater well-being of of the rest of the population has got to be taken into account but uh, I think football is doing its level best to try and keep things right I mean, every time that we've gone to away grounds you know, you have to follow strict protocols, protocols that you're now quite used to um, sitting socially distanced and, you know, cleaning things and, and getting your temperature taken and having to fill in a, a, a form online every morning before uh, you travel to a game. And uh, if there are problems, then yes, they have to be highlighted. We cannot afford to be complacent. Yeah, uh, Just back to
1: tomorrow's game briefly, Andrew firstly, just in uh, 15 seconds or so, what does Derek McInnes say to the players before they head out tomorrow against Motherwell? I can make it shorter than 15 <laughs> seconds Win! <laughs> Win the game Simple as that. Get the points on the board Dave, uh, what do they do though? Is it is it about wins, attacking football? Because we know that that's what Aberdeen are good at this season
3: Yeah, but I think it's more likely to be a, a really doer, hard-fought three points, but as long as it's three points then that's job done. Yeah, and the
1: new manager thing as well. It's always difficult when you. Always got difficult
3: new... because his players are trying to impress Graham Alexander. But uh, you know, man for man, we should be better than Motherwell at home. We weren't last time, but hopefully this time.
1: And we'll have all the latest from that and all the other games of importance, but particularly the Dons against Motherwell. It's kick off three o'clock tomorrow. We will be here myself and Shell Red Saturday on North sign one from two. <laughs> It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday.